Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net. However, you can also uh, send a donation to the Zell app, box13 at greatdetectives.net, or by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. But our focus today is on Patreon support. Go to patreon.greatdetectives.net and support the program for as little as $2 a month and help provide a reliable, stable base for the program with a simple monthly contribution that comes out automatically. You'll receive our monthly Patreon supporter newsletter and be able to have some say on uh, some show decisions, such as what our summer series is going to be, while also helping me reach uh, long-term goals for the show. For example, if we reach $2,000 per month in Patreon support, we won't do any more listener support campaigns. Provided that level is maintained, right now we're at 46% of that goal, so you can help uh, towards that long-term goal by going to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons. And uh, it's actually two years after the previous episode that I played, so I think some explanation is in order. Shortly after the episode that we played from April 10th of 1952, the series returned to CBS on May the 1st and remained on CBS for the rest of its run. I've mentioned before on Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar, that uh, that wasn't the first series that CBS tried serializing. They did also produce a serialized version of Mr. Keene's Tracer of Lost Persons. This series ran on weeknights at 10 o'clock at night. The weekly half-hour series actually continued to air uh, concurrently with the new serialized version with uh, an episode every Friday at 8. So at this point in time, you could uh, tune to CBS on Fridays and at 8 o'clock you would hear the half-hour Mr. Keen Tracer of Lost Persons and then at 10 o'clock you would hear the uh, conclusion of the a week's serial. This concluded in October when the half-hour version of the series ended and we were left with the new serialized version. Of course, this was a return to the roots of Mr. Keene, which had been serialized for its first six seasons on the air. So there is actually one serialized Mr. Keene story intact, and we're going to go ahead and bring you the first two parts of that story, and then the next two parts next week. It does appear that the Tuesday program was preempted, though for what reason, I don't know. So there are only four parts in the story. 
The original air date on today's programs are June the 21st and June the 23rd of 1954, and this one is The Shrieking Prisoner Murder Case. I am now for Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. <laughs> Presenting Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons, in a new Mr. Keene series, in which the kindly old investigator will bring you his most celebrated cases on Mondays through Fridays at this same time. Tonight's case is entitled The Shrieking Prisoner Murder Case. <laughs> Our scene opens in a large, old-fashioned home situated in a lonely section of New York City. It is night, and a young man is entering the darkened house. He gropes his way through one of the rooms, unaware that he is moving towards sudden death. It's so dark in here. I wonder if I can find a light switch. And Martha... Aunt Amy, are, are you at home? They're not here. The house is completely empty. What's that? Where is that screaming coming from? Oh, where's the door? It's so dark I can't see a thing. I Don't point that gun at me. Put it down, do you hear? No! Don't shoot! No! Office of Mr. Keene, the private investigator. It is, ma'am. I'm his partner, Mike Clancy. My name is Mrs. Jane Travers. I must see Mr. Keene at once. It's, it's a matter of life and death. But, oh, here's Mr. Keene now, coming out of his private office. Mr. Keene. You wish to see me? I'm Mrs. Jane Travers. Something horrible has happened, and I've, I've come to you hoping you can help me. I've heard so much about you, Mr. Keene. People say you're not only a noted tracer of lost persons... But you're also famous for solving murder cases. Many of my cases do involve murders. Oh, then, Mr. Keene, I'm, I'm hoping you'll help me. I, I'm so shocked and confused. I don't know which way to turn. Oh, please sit down and try to compose yourself, Mrs. Travers. Uh, has someone you know been murdered? My husband, Donald. He was shot to death last night in the home of my two aunts. One of them may be under suspicion for the crime. Please give me all the details, Mrs. Travers. I... I have two unmarried aunts, Mr. Keene. My Aunt Martha Carson and my Aunt Amy. They've... They've been living alone for years in an old house in a quiet section of the city. Where your husband's murder took place? Yes. I don't see my aunts very often. I'm... I'm afraid they're both rather eccentric. They don't... They don't encourage visitors... In fact, they have a rather frightening reputation in the neighborhood. Frightening, Mrs. Travers? In what way? They're known as... 
as the Weird Sisters. They hardly ever leave the house, and very few people get a chance to see them. Yesterday, my husband Donald went over there. For any particular reason? Well, I hadn't heard from my aunts in over six months, and I was worried about them. I felt that something was wrong. They have no telephone, so Donald decided to investigate. By himself, Mrs. Trevor? I was going to go with him, Mr. Keene, but I developed a violent headache a few hours before, and Donald went alone. Well, a good thing for you, maybe, ma'am. You mean, Mr. Clancy, I could have been murdered along with my husband? Well, when I think that Donald was gone, I... We understand, my dear. Anyway... Donald went over to see my aunts. And the next thing I knew, the police notified me of his murder. We'd only been married eight months and we were so very happy. What did the police investigation disclose, Mrs. Travers? As far as I know, Mr. Keene, they only spoke to Aunt Martha. She's 45 now, I think about ten years older than her sister Amy. And what did your Aunt Martha tell the police? She said she was out of the house when Donald was shot. And that Aunt Amy is away in the country. But when the police question people in the neighborhood, they're bound to find out that Aunt Martha was lying. You're sure of that? Aunt Amy would never leave Martha and go out of the city for one thing. And Aunt Martha herself only left the house once in six months at the most. Oh, Mr. Keene, something must be terribly wrong with my aunts. Are you afraid that they may be involved in your husband's murder? Oh, no. No, I just can't believe that either of them had anything to do with Donald's murder. It's just that with those rumors going around... Rumors of their eccentricity? Some people have even said there's a streak of insanity in their behavior. The police may think that one of my aunts killed Donald in a burst of maniacal fury. Oh, Mr. Keene, please, please do something to find out the truth. I assure you, we'll do our utmost to help you, Mrs. Travers. All Aunt Martha and Aunt Amy have in the world is each other. And in some ways, their relationship is almost like a stern mother and daughter. How do you mean? Well, Aunt Martha has always dominated Aunt Amy for one thing. Even to the point of interfering with her personal affairs. To what specific uh, personal affairs are you referring? I... Well, I don't know this is a positive fact... But I heard that my Aunt Amy once had a chance to marry. was a man named George Wheeler. But Aunt Martha talked her out of it. Do you know why, Mrs. Travers? No, I don't, Mr. Keene. Oh, but please don't misunderstand me. Their relationship was always very warm and happy. At least as far as I knew. And in spite of their odd way of living, they got along together. I see. Oh, more than anything else in the world, I want my husband's murderer found... If it should involve an innocent person, someone who used to be very close to me, I... I... Suppose you take us to your aunt's house, Mrs. Travers. I have an unhappy job to do first, Mr. Keene. Arrange for my husband's funeral. But I can give you the address and meet you there later. Very well. Uh, Write it down here, please. Yes. Mrs. Martha and Amy Carson... 1124 Ivy Road. Mike, we'll proceed to that address immediately and see if we can start unraveling the mystery of Donald Travers' murder on the scene of the crime. 
this is the house, Mr. Keene. Sure, and it's nothing but a rickety pile of shingles going to seed. It doesn't seem to be a doorbell, Mick. Well, Miss Carson? I'm Martha Carson, yes. My name is Keene, and this is my partner, Mike Clancy. We're investigating the murder of Donald Travers, your niece's husband. Who sent for you? We were asked to take the case by Jane Travers, your niece. The police have already been here. If you're not from oh, them... Let's not have any trouble, ma'am. We usually work along with the police. May we come in, Miss Martha? Well, just for a minute. Are you alone? Yes. I understand your younger sister, Amy, lives here with you. Amy's gone. She'll be away for the rest of the month, at least. I'd like to ask you a few questions, Miss Martha. The police have already talked to me about my nephew's murder, Mr. Keene. I told them I knew nothing about it. You were out of this house when it happened? Yes. Where, may I ask? I was just out, that's all. Doing some shopping. Oh, then perhaps someone at the store where you shopped would be able to identify you. Why should I need that, Mr. Keene? Miss Martha, according to your niece, you and your sister Amy may come under some suspicion in this murder case. And I want to help you if I can. I don't need any help. I can take care of this by myself. What's that chopping noise? Mr. Keene, there's a fella standing out there chopping down a dead tree. I, I can see him from this window. That's our handyman, Luther Prague. He does work around here. He looks big enough to pull that tree up by the roots with his bare hands. Uh, Mr. Keene, do you really think the police might suspect me or my sister Amy in some way? Your niece seems to think so, Miss Martha. And I don't want anyone to say I'm hiding something. I could tell you about someone you might want to talk to. But I don't want him to know you heard it from me. Who is it? A man named George Wheeler. The man who wanted to marry your sister, Amy. How do you know about that, Mr. Keene? Your niece, Jane Travers, mentioned it. But she had no right to. Well, anyway, George Wheeler had it in for Donald Travers. He did? Why? My sister, Amy, found out that George Wheeler couldn't be trusted. And it was Donald who told it to her. That's why, well... That's what broke up Amy's romance with George Wheeler. And Wheeler hated Donald Travers for that. Naturally. Was George Wheeler anywhere near this house when young Travers was murdered? He could have been. He lives only a short distance away. Mr. Keene, I never trusted the man myself, and when he loses his temper, he's capable of anything. You realize, of course, Miss Martha, that your accusations are very grave. And that they might make George Wheeler an important suspect in this murder case. I'm telling you the truth, Mr. Keene. What is George Wheeler's address? He lives in the small gray house on the corner. You can't miss it. Perhaps we'd better question him, Mike. Sounds like a good idea, Mr. Keene. You'll find him at home now if you go right over. Very well, Miss Martha. We... <coughs> Sense preservers. Who is that, Miss Martha? None of your business, Mr. Keene. Boss, it almost sounds like a trapped animal. Miss Martha, 
Where is that shriek coming from? I won't tell you. Get out of my house and leave us alone. Mike, let's go upstairs and investigate. No, no, I won't let you do it. Luther? Luther, come in here quickly. Mr. Keene, she's calling that big gorilla, the handyman. I'm afraid we're in for a little trouble, Mick. <laughs> upstairs and... No, don't you dare! Luther, don't let Mr. Keene go upstairs. Get out of here, both of you. I'll chop the two of you to pieces with this axe if you try to go upstairs. Look out, boss. He means it. Careful, Mike. Miss Martha, call this man up, or there'll be trouble. No! You have no right to search this house. Are you getting out, or do I chop you both to pieces with this axe? Put that axe down, Luther. And be quick about it. Well, Miss Martha... Put it down, or I'd knock it out of your hand. I tear you up, aren't you? Luther! He's not hurt bad. I just had to quiet him down a little. Well, Miss Martha, are you going to take us upstairs now? Or do we find out by ourselves who is shrieking up there? And what it has to do with the murder that occurred here in your house last night? I... I'll take you upstairs, Mr. Keene. Come with me. Before I open the door, Mr. Keene, let me tell you something. No one in this house right now had anything to do with the murder of young Donald Travers, my niece's husband. That remains to be proven, Miss Martha. My niece, Jane Travers, should never have sent you here. Jane Travers only wanted to help you prove your innocence, Miss Martha. The police may be putting both you and your sister under arrest shortly. But why, Mr. Keene? We had nothing against Donald. Well, it's your reputation that's against you, lady. You mean the reputation we have in this neighborhood for being eccentric, Mr. Clancy? For being weird sisters? There is talk about the possibility of insanity in your family. <coughs> and if that don't sound like a crazy woman, I never heard one. Mr. Keene, there is insanity in my family. As you'll see right now. You can go inside the room. Mr. King, there she is. Saints preserve us. She's staring at us. With vacant, expressionless eyes. Look at her hair falling down like strings of rope over her face. And her fingernails. They must be an inch long. Mr. Keene, this is my sister Amy. And you keep her locked up in this room, Miss Martha? For her own good. <laughs> For my own good? You mean because you hate me? Everybody hates me! Amy! Don't touch me, Martha! I'll kill anyone who touches me! <laughs> Miss Martha, you lied when you said your sister Amy was away in the country. I didn't want anyone to know that Amy was up here in this room, Mr. Keene. Because I don't want her taken away and put in an asylum. I'll do anything, anything to prevent that. Be careful what you say, Miss Martin. Anything could mean that you may have murdered young Donald Travers to stop him from discovering your secret. No, no, I didn't kill him, Mr. Keene. And neither did my sister Amy. 
But Amy was inside, inside the house when the murder occurred. Yes, she was. But, Mr. Keene, I told you about a man you ought to question in this case, George Wheeler. When he broke up with Amy, she lost her mind. She loved George so much. Where is George? Why doesn't he come to see me? Why? Amy, try to control yourself. <laughs> Miss Martha, you told us that this man, George Wheeler, hated your nephew, Donald Travers, because Travers accused Wheeler of being untrustworthy and advised your sister, Amy, here, not to marry him. My sister Amy went out of her mind because she was so madly in love with Wheeler. The shock of finding out he was beneath her was too much. And you had nothing to do with it? Martha had a great deal to do with it, Mr. Keene. George Wheeler! I heard what you said to these people as I came up the stairs, Martha. I heard you trying to accuse me of murder. George! You've come to rescue me! Oh, Amy, I can't take you away from here. I didn't come. <laughs> doing in my house, George Wheeler. I told you to stay out of here for good. I came, Martha, because I thought the police would still be here. And I had some evidence for them. But first, I want to clear up a few matters with Mr. Keene. I know who you are, sir. Well, Mr. Wheeler? Amy Carson loved me. And she would have married me if it hadn't been for her sister, Martha. Martha made Amy turn me down when I proposed. And rightly so. You knew my sister had some money. And you thought you could live on that once you married her. I have a good job, Martha. You know that. I don't need Amy's money. If it weren't for her sister Martha's domination, Amy wouldn't be the poor broken figure you see her as now. Look at her, Mr. Keene. It's pitiful. Sure, and she just stares at the wall as if none of us were in the room. My heart breaks when I see her this way, Mr. Clancy. It's... Possible, isn't it, Mr. Wheeler, that Amy Carson could have resented Donald Travers just as you did? Uh, how do you mean, Mr. Keene? Why exactly did Donald Travers object to her marriage to you? Uh, he said that I was after her money. Martha, do you and your sister have a great deal of money? We had enough to live comfortably, Mr. Keene. Well, judging by this house, it couldn't be a fortune. In any case, Mike. If Amy Carson had resented the things young Donald Travers said about the man she loved, she may have wanted to strike back at her nephew herself. Oh, no, Mr. Keene. Amy wouldn't murder because of that. Amy Carson is obviously insane, Mr. Weaver, and probably dangerous. And in that state, she could be capable of anything, even murder, with no motive at all. And what about Martha Carson? Is she completely above any suspicion? How dare you accuse me, George Wheeler? Mr. Keene, do you think I could have murdered my nephew to prevent him from finding out about Amy and sending her to an asylum? That's how the police may take it, Miss Martha. Mr. Wheeler, a moment ago you said you had some new evidence. What is it? This gold watch, Mr. Keene. Well, let's see it, mister. Well, I found it this morning. And I recognized it as Donald Travers' watch. It belonged to the murder victim? Yes, Mr. Keene, absolutely. I'd seen Travers wear it several times. And where did you find it? 
In Luther Prague's room. And boss, Luther Prague must have stolen this watch from the murdered man. If he did, Mike, we'll be dealing with another suspect in this case. Mr. Wheeler, was Luther Prague downstairs when you came into the house? No, Mr. Keith. Well, he must have come to and left right after we came up here, boss. Yes, Mike. Where does he live, Mr. Wheeler? Uh, he can usually be found in an old abandoned shack. It's in an empty lot a short distance from here. I wonder if anything else was missing from the victim's body that Luther Prague may have taken. I searched Luther's room carefully, but that was all I could find. Well, it's all beginning to add up, boss. Looks like that big muscle man, Luther Prague, is the next fellow we want to see. Yes, Mike. Martha, before I leave, I want to know what you intend doing about your sister Amy here. She's insane. She may be dangerous. I... I'll have her examined by a doctor, Mr. Keene. And if he tells me to send her away to a mental institution, I will. Mr. Wheeler. Yes, Mr. Keene. Would you point out Luther Prague's shack to us now? I will, Mr. Keene. And then I must ask you to remain close by yourself for further questions. In other words, I'm still a suspect too. Frankly, yes. Very well, Mr. Keene. I'll do just as you say. All right, Mick. Now we'll have a talk with Luther Prague. And find out just how he obtained this watch. And what he knows about young Donald Travers' murder. Okay, boss. I'll be talking to you later, Miss Martha. All right, Mr. Keene. <laughs> Amy. Amy, stop crying. You said you were going to... Send me away. You said that, Martha. I hate you. They'll never take you away, Amy. I won't let them. I'll kill anyone who tries to take you away. I swear it. Handyman Luther Prague has become a fourth murder suspect on Mr. Keene's list. But was young Donald Travers murdered with robbery as the motive? Or is the murder linked to the mystery of the insane woman so closely guarded by her older sister? The rest of this exciting story will be heard on Thursday and Friday at this same time. Be sure to listen tomorrow to Mr. Keene, Tracer of Lost Persons. Be sure to listen to Mr. Keene tomorrow, Thursday, at this same time for the next episode of The Shrieking Prisoner Murder Case. And don't miss the regular half-hour Mr. Keene program, heard every Friday night over most of these stations. Tomorrow evening, CBS Radio gives the spotlight to Kathy and Elliot Lewis on stage with a poignant drama titled The Younger Sister. It tells how an older sister's feeling of responsibility toward her sister threatens the marriages of both girls. Don't miss Kathy and Elliot Lewis on stage 
tomorrow night on most of these same stations. Also tomorrow evening at the Star's Address, enjoy the laughs when you meet Millie on her latest escapade. Millie Bronson, played by Elena Verdugo, and her addle-headed mama get into all kinds of troubles up in a mountain resort. Yes, meet Millie tomorrow night, and you'll laugh. Your announcer, Stuart Metz. This is the CBS Radio Network. One thing I will say is that I think that the habit of repeating people's names and exact uh, relationships uh, does make more sense in the serialized version. It's still a bit of a clunky way to do it, but uh, it can be a challenge to keep track of who's who over the course of, you know, a multi-part story. Uh, I do think that uh, not a whole lot actually happened in uh, today's episodes in terms of actually making progress on the case. It felt a little bit padded here. Though I did like the uh, confrontation between uh, Clancy and the guy with the axe. I mean, for crying out loud, you're threatening Mike Clancy with an axe. You know how many people he has shot? And Clancy just takes it away because he's Mike Clancy. All right, well, that's actually going to be it for now. Remember, I do encourage you to become one of Patreon supporters, patreon.greatdetectives.net. Appreciate the ongoing support of the program, and it's just a real simple automatic way to support the show, so I encourage you to go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. We'll be back tomorrow with Stand By for Crime, and next Monday it'll be another episode of Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. I'm signing off.